Thank you. You can be seated. Good to see you all tonight. Turn your Bibles, if you would, please, to John chapter 3. <clears throat> John chapter 3. I want to talk to you about the world's greatest test. In John chapter 3, I'd like for you to look with me in verse 17. We'll begin there. John 3, verse 17. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through Him might be saved. He who believes on Him is not condemned, but he that believes not is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. This is the condemnation that light is coming to the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds are evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be manifest, they are wrought in God. Pray with me, please. Heavenly Father, we do pray for thee. It just seems like disasters is going on all across the country, Lord. We pray for your people to be guarded. I pray here tonight now, Lord, that you'll bless each one that's come that's set aside to get a blessing from you. And I pray each one that hears and each one that's here tonight will get a blessing especially. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Either I'm going to have to quit eating so much or get me a pair of galluses. Now, y'all don't know what that is. That's the spenders up in West Florida, the galluses. Yes. I found out she bought me some they yeah? I ain't getting them. I ain't wearing no suspenders either. But anyhow, I'm going to tell you what's the truth. I have, lately I've been cooking, and, and the more I cook, the better I like it. And it, it's, it's hanging on more. But uh, I just want to be a blessing to you tonight if I can, please. Uh, here, notice, first of all, the fact that Jesus has come into the world provides every human being with the ultimate test of believing or disbelieving. People have to make a choice to continue their sins and perish or believe in Jesus and pass from death into life. Now, the coming of uh, Christ into the world is what makes the difference of our eternal destiny for everyone. Notice Verse 15 tells us why Jesus came. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. When you read John 3, verse 16 and verse 17, you'll find one word that comes up over and over. The world, the world, the world. There's something about this world draws out the love and compassion of God. This world is a rebel planet. This world has gone astray. This world is against the character of God and to the wholeness and to His love. When Jesus, God's Son, came down to this earth, He came to reveal God's love. John 3.16 He came to reveal God's grace. But the next time that Jesus comes back to this earth, He's coming to reveal God's wrath. Now look at verse 18 and verse 19. 
He that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation that light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. The purpose of Jesus' first coming was to offer peace, love, joy, and the goodness and the glory of God's grace. But to those who reject all this, condemnation. Two classes of people here, and only two. He that believeth on him is not condemned or judged, and he that believeth not is condemned already. I often tell everybody the same thing. There's only two classes of people in all the world. He that believeth in him and don't. Amen. It's not a matter of color or creed or whatever. It has to do with either you believe God's word or you don't. You believe Jesus is a Savior or you don't. Now, notice this judgment that brings on themselves. Jesus came to offer eternal life. And they chose death. People go to hell because they choose to go. Not because God wants them to go. Notice verse 19 again. And this is a condemnation that light has come to the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Now, Jesus is light. Amen? People don't like light. People have dark, love darkness and not Jesus. People hate light because of what light reveals. Light shows how dark and evil uh, we sinners really are. Look at verse 20. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light neither cometh to light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to light, that his deeds might be manifest, that they are wrought in God. Now, notice verse, if you go to chapter 3 and verse 36, I would like to read that verse to you. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see light, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Chapter 3, verse 36 is one of the simplest definitions of salvation that there is in Scripture. Chapter 5, verse 26 says, He that believeth and he that don't believe. These two verses make it very plain. Now let's go over to chapter 4 for a minute. Chapter 4, verse 1. When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, Though Jesus himself baptized not, but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again into Galilee, and he must needs go through the Samaria. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. And Jacob well was there. Jesus therefore, being wearied with his journey, set on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me to drink. You know what I thought about when I read that verse? Did you ever think about this? That Jesus is the one that made the oceans. He made that great Mississippi River. He made all the seas and all the waters on the face of the earth. And he's thirsty. Isn't that something? That proves one thing. He was all God, but he was all man. Amen. Now I want you to watch this. Here's a great contrast between Nicodemus and the woman at the well. One was a man, the other was a woman. One was a Jew, the other was a Samaritan. 
one was a respected ruler, the other a social outcast. One was seen as a moral man, the other an immoral per- woman. One came to Jesus by night, the other came to Jesus at midday. The one had no arguments, only a wondering how. The other was full of questions and debate. The one was cautious. The other was bold. Nicodemus fades out of the story. And notice the woman now went back to her people and brought the crowd to the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus, God in flesh, the creator of the heavens and earth in streams, they said he was a thirst. Another thing to notice here is God always seeks the sinner to be saved. Jesus came that well seeking somebody to be saved. I laugh at people who said, I've sought after God all of my life. I want to be saved. I want to go to heaven. I've sought after God. Oh, no, you haven't. The Bible says God seeks you out. Another thing, notice here, Jesus invites anyone to come. So, reason together, saith the Lord, anyone who will reason it out and come to the same conclusion, uh, Jesus is the Savior then, if you sit down and reason it out. Now I want to go to verse 24 of chapter 4. Verse 24. God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit, and in truth. Now, notice God is a spirit here. Then go on down to verse 34. Jesus said to them, My meat is to the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Now, Jesus came to finish God's plan of salvation for man's soul. And he did finish it when he died on the cross. Then Jesus makes it plain. The time to be saved is now. Don't save we got plenty of time to get saved. Then Jesus tells us how people are brought to Christ for salvation, beginning in verse 36 of chapter 4. And he that reapeth receiveth wages, and giveth fruit into life eternal, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. And herein is that saying true, one soweth, another reapeth. I sent you to reap, whereon you bestow no labor. Other men labored, and you are entered into their labors. Now, I want you to watch something. One of the things that I realized a long time ago in going door to door and and even preaching in a congregation, people getting saved, and somebody said, Boy, it was my great teaching, my great preaching, it got people saved. Did you know somebody worked in the background before you ever got up here to preach? Somebody invited that person. Maybe somebody handed them a track. Maybe somebody witnessed to them. And we can't ever take credit then uh, for winning somebody to Christ ourselves because it's more involved than just you and I. God said one plants, another waters, and then another reaps. And God uses us all together. Amen? And we should be in the same business together. That's why it's very, very important that we're all on the same page when it comes to salvation. Now, I've been uh, several times lately with all kinds of denominations in preaching and being with people, and, and it's very hard to get up and preach, for by grace you save through faith, and that not yourself the gift of God, and then somebody comes along and they want to put works into it, 
And the Bible says one sows, another waters, and another reaps. But brother, it's got to be on the same page if you want to put it that way. And that's why it's very important that you don't let every kind of denomination stand in a pulpit and preach. I had a person come the other day and said to me uh, that they had somebody they wanted to come uh, preach for me. It was very important that they thought that I should hear them. And they told me what they was wanting to preach about. And I asked them one simple question. How many souls you won this year? How many souls have they won? It's like a man I was in Colorado one time. I preached at a church. And after I had preached, he came to his office and showed me a whole list of books that he'd written sermons all kind of sermons, and he said, what I'm going to do, I've sat here all these years in my office and studied the Word of God and got up all these sermons. Now I'm going to sell them to all the preachers across the country and uh, to they can preach my sermons. And I looked at him and I said, <laughs> I looked at his church, the size of it, I didn't see anybody saved, and he didn't talk about anybody getting saved or leading anybody to Christ. And I thought to myself, who's going to read them? I mean, I'm not going to read them. I want to read behind somebody that wins souls to Christ. You know what I like about old Dr. Tom Long so much for? Dr. Tom Long preached salvation. Every time I've ever heard him preach, he preached salvation. He preached about people getting saved. He told little stories that would get a hold of you and, and get you to understand what leading people to Christ was all about. I never will forget him telling me or, or preaching a sermon. He used to illustrate. He said, I was laying in bed one night and God got a hold of me and said, now you need to get up and go see that man that you've been wanting to lead to Christ at night. He said it was about 10, 11 o'clock at night. And he said, uh, uh, I, I couldn't... I said, Lord, I'm in bed. I'm tired. I'm sleepy. And he kept rolling and tumbling. And his wife finally told him, Tom, what's the matter with you? He said, well, God's dealing with me about this man getting saved. And, I, and I, I'm just tired. She said, you might as well get up and go on. You ain't going to rest on how do you do. He said, I went over there and I got the... Here's a big old German shepherd chained to a chain right at that front door. And he said, that German shepherd said to me, Tom Malone, you're not coming in here tonight. And uh, so he said he got in his car and drove back home. He got back home, started in the house. He said, I ain't letting no dog get the best of me. He said he turned around, went back to the uh, man's house, knocked on the, got, walked around the dog, got in the house, and got to lead the man to Christ. And, and that's the kind of preacher he was. Now, you know why I love his sermon so much? Because he was a personal soul winner himself. And so he's, I've never sat under a pastor that was more deeper in theology than Dr. Tom Malone. I mean, you can't get no deeper than the things he preached. I mean, he pre he knew the Scriptures. And he had sermons of all kinds. But the reason I like to lead behind him, one sows, another waters, and another reap. But you better be planting the same thing and watering the same plant and reaping the same plant. Amen? And that's what it's about. And notice Jesus tells us how people are brought to Christ in verse 36 down through verse 38. Someone plants the seed, God's Word, that Jesus saves. Another waters that seed. Another reaps what the seed 
as uh, grown by faith, Romans 10, 17, by the Word of God. And then comes verse 46. Look at verse 46 with me of chapter 4. So Jesus came again unto Canaan, to Galilee, where he made the water wine. And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus was come out of Judea into Galilee, he went unto him and besought him that he would come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Then said Jesus unto him, Except you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The nobleman said unto him, Sir, come down ere my child die. Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy son liveth. And the man believed the word that Jesus had spoken to him, and he went his way, and he, the rest of the story says he knew exactly when that boy was healed. And so what I want to show you tonight, here's a noble son healed. Verse 46, the noble begins to plead with Jesus to come to his son and heal him. This nobleman wasted no time. As soon as he heard Jesus had come to town, he seized the opportunity in verse 47. Then Jesus checked this man's faith. Notice, first Jesus ignored his request. Jesus made this statement to him. Except you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. Then notice also, these words were not meant just for this man, but also for the bystanders nearby. The love of the simplicity of verse 49 is what it thrills my soul. The nobleman said unto him, Sir, come down here, my child die. You know what I've tried to learn over the years by reading the prayers of the Bible and, and listening to other men pray. I mean men that had power with God. You know how they prayed? They got right to the point. If they need somebody who was sick, they pray for that person to be healed. If they needed something in their life, they prayed for that something to be given to them in their, in their life. They went straight to the... Do you know what I found out in witnessing? It's the same way. It's like the man I tell you about it. Me and my son-in-law went to see him. We said, I said, you know, I've talked so when you, you sort of make people at home go in the house and and so I knocked on the door. The man come to the door, and, and uh, I said, uh, he invited me in. He said, I know why you're here. My wife sent you. And anyhow, he invited me in. I went in and sat down. And I said, boy, you got a nice, that's a beautiful picture there you got on the wall. And I, I said, his little daughter, I bragged on her a little bit, and uh, everything else in the world. He said, just cut to the chase. I know why you're here. Just go ahead and show me how to be saved. I said, okay. You know what? You know that's what people want? People want you to just get down to the matter of are you lost, you want to be saved? Tell them how to do it. Amen? This nobleman tickles me every time I read it. The nobleman simply... Now, Jesus was testing his face. He said, except you see signs and wonders, you won't believe. But the nobleman came back and said, Sir, come down here, my child die. He proved his faith. Amen? And the Lord saved me. Uh, when you think about it, uh, you remember old Peter? He took me. I, I listened to some of these preachers on TV, and they pray long prayers, and they look right straight ahead, you know, and they just pray long prayers, or they read them off of, of, of a sheet of paper or something, praying to God, and they go on and on and on. You know what Peter said when he was drowning? Save me, Lord. And guess what? He reached out and picked him up. Amen? 
I believe it's the same way if somebody wants to get saved. I've had people to come forward or in a home or where I'm trying to lead them to Christ, and I say, well, you ask the Lord to save you as best you know how. And sometimes I want to stop them and say, hey, you ain't got to say all of that. You know? Well, Lord, I'm a sinner and I've done wrong and I've treated my wife wrong and I've, I'm a drunk or I'm a, a whatever, Lord, will you please forgive me? You ain't got to say all that. God already knows that. Amen? All He's asking you to be simple, say, Lord, save me. And He'll do it. And something I learned, as I said a minute ago, and I want you to look at verse 50 before I quit. Jesus said to him, Go thy way, thy son liveth. And the man believed the word that Jesus had spoken to him and went his way. And as he was going, now going down, the servants met him and told him, saying, Thy son liveth. They inquired he of them the hour when he began to mend. And they said unto him, Yesterday at the seventh hour the fever left him. So the father knew that it was the same hour in which Jesus said unto him, Thy son liveth, and himself believed in his whole house. Amen. Amen. The same hour that he asked him to do it, God said he believed it. In verse 50, Jesus said, All right, let's find out whether or not you will believe what I'm saying or not. Then verse 48, Now Jesus said, In fact, you want me to come down to Capernaum? Well, I'm not coming. It's not necessary for me to come. I don't have to be physically present to be healed, to heal somebody. I can stay right here. You go home. Your son lives. The great truth taught here is to us today, the Lord does not have to be here physically today to help us. Amen? You remember where Jesus is at right now? The Bible said He's seated on the right hand of God the Father. Somebody says, show me Jesus and I'll get saved. No, He's in heaven. But I got news for you. He heareth you. The Bible says so. Verse 50, Jesus says, Thy son liveth. The servant says the exact same thing that come and told that man. The same word, Thy son liveth. Then verse 52 and verse 53, the the proof is in the man's faith. Did you know the Bible says in James chapter 5, verse 16, I believe it is, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Now I want to show you something. Did you know these healers on TV, they said, you didn't get healed because of your faith. I prayed for you and your faith didn't save you or didn't heal you. Do you know what the Bible teaches? If where you got faith or not, if I got faith, I can pray for you and God will hear me. Amen. Amen? And He will answer you. The effective prayer of a prayer for a man availeth much. So I can pray for you down here in Brandon, and you can be in New York, or you can be over yonder on an island someplace. You can be anywhere in this world, in fact, and God still hears you because He's seated in heaven on the right hand of God to follow the answer our prayers for us, and I can pray for you, and God has nothing to do but speak the word, and it's done. Salvation the same way. When it comes to being saved, it's so simple. God's still there to welcome you in the family of God. And we try sometimes to make it so hard. I was uh, went back to the church that I was saved at. A little boy got saved. Nobody said a thing about it. 
I remember when that church boy, if anybody got saved, they'd come forward and everybody come by and shake hands with them. Thank God somebody, they'd have a fit, somebody got saved, and just thank God somebody got saved. Here's a man, the church was packed that day I went. And the preacher preached a great sermon. A little boy came forward, they took him over and set him down. Nobody said a thing. What happened? After I went up to the man who was talking to him, I said, What happened to the little boy? Why did he come? He came for salvation. We took him in the back room and taught him. I got news for you. You know where that little boy got saved at? Right back there in the seat. The minute he turned his heart to God. He didn't need all the, uh, this thing of bringing them into church and teaching them everything about God to get them to understand everything. We don't understand anything if we're sinners. only thing I can understand is God loves me. And He saved me. Amen. And you don't have to go into great, mysterious things. Inside. And I love this old man. And you, you, you look at what I was trying to show you in John 3 was that all you have to do is believe or disbelieve. That's it. That's the whole plan of God's salvation. Do you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ or you don't? And everybody's going to stand before God one day and give an account of those two things. Either you're a believer or you're not. And there's no in-betweens. And how simple is that? Amen? Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, bless Your people tonight. And God, we're so thankful we are saved by Your grace and how You made it so simple to us or we would have never understood it. But praise God for the Holy Spirit that He interprets the Word of God and lets us know. Bless Your people now. We do pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing something. Yes.